Saturday. It's not. Saturday. It's definitely not. Saturday is a podcast nope. day. It's not. Saturday. No. Saturday. Stop. Saturday is podcast. Never again to modcast. <laughs> Saturday is podcast day. Except Good. for when it's not. <laughs> I mean, right, in theory, any day is podcast day for our listeners, but the only days that we actually upload podcasts are Sunday and Monday. So, you're objectively wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to <laughs> Dollar's Chat. <laughs> I'm Lenny Benbeck. <laughs> I'm just Phil Catterall. I, I, I don't identify with any of the cast of Tis Was, I'm afraid. And welcome to another edition of the Saturday morning fun favourite, Don't Let's Chat. I mean, one, <laughs> not Saturday. Two, fun. Three, favourite. <laughs> yeah, uh, there'll be all your favourite cartoons and phone-ins and custard will be thrown. <laughs> Um, why, why were you singing the Tiz Was theme? Why, why are we talking about Saturday mornings, Ben? I've been watching Tiz Was clips recently because a friend of the show, Peter Thomas, has been streaming every Saturday morning at half ten on Twitch old Tiz Was clips, very rare stuff, and then getting interviews with like all the people involved with it and stuff. Oh, that's, that's cool. It's for a brilliant cause, which is Birmingham Children's Hospital, and they've raised uh, nearly 500 quid. So, for the first chart this week, I thought we'd take a look back at April 20th through the years. Of Saturday morning magazine programmes. Right. And I suspect it's going to be bloody awful. (laughs) (laughs) I think it will be a mix. The first one that is in anywhere near is April 20th, 1974. Right. Uh, And Tiz Was did start in January 1974. Had finished. Unfortunately. <laughs> so what I thought would be quite fun is it here. You take the uh, ITV. One. I've got the BBC side, and we'll see who wins uh, the Saturday Showdown. Not Holly and Stephen's Saturday Showdown. No, that's, no. That's that's a different uh, custard chucking program. <laughs> uh, private use. <laughs> so in nineteen seventy four. I don't think either of us have a Saturday morning program to call our own, really, do we? No, no. Shall I? Shall I go first? Because I've got loads. By all means. <laughs> so because because ITV was still quite highly regional at this point, there was different oh, stuff course, on yeah. basically every region. So Anglia had the One Piece bathing suit, which was a 1952 right. musical about the life of Australian swimming star Annette Kellerman, which is a uh, is certainly a choice if you're in yeah. London. You got uh, Captain Scarlet, The Adams Family, and Tarzan. That's Not quite bad. good. All right, all right, yeah. all right. Uh, in the Midlands, Joe Ninety and the Funky Phantom. Swings and roundabouts. I feel on that one. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Southern had Primus, which. Yeah, not that one. It it was someone like solving underwater crimes, basically. They're the best crimes. They are. And then Yorkshire. Had, Yorkshire, had Yorkshire. Buchanan Sorry. Rides Alone, which was a 1958 <laughs> Western. I mean, this was, of course, the era where kids were still going to the Saturday morning pictures and that. Yeah, yeah. So I suspect these films were very much not for them. Uh, and as this uh, programme lineup shows, as it starts at 9am, nice and early, uh, with Along the River, 
a series of five programs looking at wild creatures in their natural surroundings. Nice. Which you replace it all was devised and produced by Roy Billings. Sure. I don't know who that is. In his natural surroundings. <laughs> well. After that, Josie and the Pussycats. It's only three years old at this point, which isn't bad for me. That's pretty good, yeah. Uh, after that was Track of the Falcon, which I'm fairly sure was a strip in the Victor comic. Part four, Joe Bludgeon prepares to make a stand as Chingachook and his Braves advance. Uh, after that was Zarabanda, or Therabanda, as it's Spanish for beginners. Part 23. <laughs> okay. You probably don't want to jump in at that point. Hambon. <laughs> uh, and after that, it's, to be fair, it's a kiddie's favourite. At 10.25, it's developments in social work. I kind of miss when that sort of stuff would just be on. And it wouldn't yeah. be tucked away on a weird specialist channel. So I'm not sure who wins there. I think we have to put that down to a no score draw. Yeah. And move swiftly on. Agreed. Unfortunately, the next April 20th isn't until 1985. What I've got, starting at 8.30, uh, it's a Saturday picture show. It is as generic as it gets, basically. It's a magazine show, it's cartoons, it's pop. Who's, who's presenting? Like it's Mark Curry and Maggie Philbin with Paul Nicholas... Oh, yeah. Mike and Matt and Mop. Okay. And Gary Davis, who presents his first pop profile this week, Brian Adams. Never heard of him. No idea. So, literally, you have to have anything to beat me. <laughs> okay, right. I've got number 73. Hey, you! Oh, Hey, you! Hey, you! Hey, Never seen nothing on that like this place Never been no, no way not Never no, never seen no place, no way Similar not like 73 Series 5 at this point, so this is when Ethel, played by Sandy Topsig, starts running a bed and breakfast. Yeah, number 73 was like this house where people just popped in all the time. And yes. There were crazy people who, uh, who uh, lived there and stuff. Regular appearances from Frank Sidebottom on it, if I remember correctly. Later on, yeah. So this one, apparently, uh, not the ideal time, you may say, for David Taylor to turn up with several snakes. <laughs> Never a good time. And Indeed, I subscribe. So the Indiana Jones quote, snakes are cunts. <laughs> that is what he said. That is what he said. Get bent, snakes. Uh, any good guests? Uh, Jimmy Nail. That, I'm fairly sure if that's April 85, Jimmy Nail is definitely on there promoting more on Smart Space. Because <laughs> it came out at the end of March. Because that's where you'd want to promote that film on a kid's TV show. <laughs> it's a PG. It shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> You win that one, obviously. I Number think so. three, hands down. It was great. I loved it. Uh, even when it became 73, and for some reason it became a Wild West. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Park. <laughs> I think that was the last one, the last series, wasn't it? it? Was, yeah, it was the last track, certainly. Uh, the next time we get an April 20th on a Saturday is 1991. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what have you got? What I've got, Ben. His ghost train. You may remember Nobby the Sheep from uh, Gimme 5, but that wasn't where he started, Ben. He started on this, did Nobby the he Sheep. Did. He did. He Before did. he even met Jenny Powell. Yeah, it was a very strange format. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the, the plot description on Wikipedia is a bit confusing in that it says Francis Dodge inherited a ghost train from her grandmother, but then has to That's sneak what it. We all do. That's... Has to sneak it out of the grasp of the evil Barry Mafia. It's like, but if she's inherited it, oh, why does yeah. she have to sneak it away? 
my memory of this one is is hazy at best. I, I remember it being on. I remember Nobby the Sheep. Yeah. I think the, the best bit, the only bit I really remember strongly is the game show bit, which was called Skull. And basically, there was like a, a bunch of rounds and stuff that involved guns and that. But the, the end rounds involved Barry Mafia and the kid who won with blindfolds on, swinging wildly at each other in a small room. And oh, the one that hit the other one, God, won, yes. you know, won. Remember I that? I love these. I re- it's like, this shouldn't be a thing. I mean, I'm sure they weren't hard or anything, but it was just swinging at <laughs> Did you know that there was a, uh, a Sunday spin-off from Ghost Train? Probably. It was called Ghost Train on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) It was called Highway. (laughs) Unfortunately Mm -hmm. for you, you've no chance. Right, why is that? This particular one. It's probably my favourite Saturday morning programme of all time. Although uh, going versus is very different as it didn't start until 8.15 uh, (gasps) and yours is 9.25. And it came from... BBC Manchester. Uh, that, that's right. It's it's on the waterfront. <laughs> no, it's the eight fifteen from Manchester. <laughs> it wasn't like trying to be cool or anything. It just was. Yeah. We've got EMF. It says cult comedian Vic Reeves. So I believe Vic and Bob were both on it. Okay. Uh, with Ross King, who was a huge fan. Yeah. And they're here with us live in the studio one more time. The legendary Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. Yes. <laughs> Hey, Vic, when did you do that then? You didn't tell us about that. I didn't know what you're talking about. It's a disgrace. It has to be said. Why were you not in the video, Bob? Uh, Because I didn't even know it it existed. And where did you get the dogs for the video? Uh, It's private. Right, okay. Oh, Vic, Vic, I'm Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Tomatoes. I know it's tomatoes, but it's not how the theme That's goes. That's not the Attack point. Or the kill tomatoes. And Rent-A-Ghost, which bizarrely they pulled out of mothballs oh, yeah. uh, to repeat. And that's the first time I saw it, and I bloody loved yeah, it. Yeah, same, same here. So, I mean, on, on the theme tune alone, you win this. So, we're at one each. Thought I'd say we skip through to 1996 now. Which means, of course, that we miss the uh, glory years of Parallel 9. But that's... I, I don't think there was a glory year, or not even a glory day of Parallel Nine. <laughs> right, so what what, what have you got? Because I went first last time, didn't I? What have you got? Well, I've got a bizarre thing, because it was a Saturday aardvark, which started at half seven, and it was basically just Simeon Curtie, Kirsten O'Brien, <laughs> and Otis the aardvark just sat linking programmes, basically, and stuff. It wasn't a, mag- it wasn't a proper show. No. It was literally just links between... And it had some of the shittiest things. <laughs> Go on, then. It had the Willie Fogg sequel, mm-hmm. not even the original. Oh, no. Next to the Raccoons, which we've established are it's, shit. It is rubbish, yeah. It is rubbish. Theme tune out. Yeah. That's all we need. No, no. You don't even need the opening theme tune. Closing theme. That's all you need. Oh, yeah. Uh, after that was the Marvel Action Hour. So this is the Iron Man, uh, Incredible Hulk and Fantastic Four cartoons. None of which I've seen. The the American version of this, because I've I've seen bits of this, had linking between the cartoons provided by Stan Lee reading out letters and stuff. And very occasionally when they showed this on the BBC, you'd get like two frames of Stan Lee where they hadn't trimmed <laughs> the tape down properly. So, so yeah, those cartoons were not good. And then that went into the Grange Hill repeats. Uh, which I remember being Sunday mornings, and it kind of fit on a Sunday, but Saturday at 9.45 on a yeah, Saturday morning. Not, no. Has Zamo really kicked the habit? I'm not <laughs> sure that was the uh, perfect place. And then immediately after that, 
the obvious, uh, the American equivalent of Grange Hill. That's right, Sweet Valley High. <laughs> Could there be two shows that are about the same thing ostensibly and yet are more polar opposites? And it was it was wrapped up with a repeat of last week's The Ozone. <laughs> so, in summary then, I lose. <laughs> <laughs> Even with OTC Hardvart popping up to go... <laughs> See, you'd think you'd lose with that sort of lineup, but you you forget what was uh, 1996's. I must have just slept through these ITV attempt. Well, you might remember this one when I say the name of it. Go on, Telegantic Megavision. Uh, I remember the name. <laughs> uh, I remember two things about Telegantic Megavision. One that was co-hosted by Dave Chapman. Yes, who was the voice of Otis the Aardvark. Yes, he was. Which means <laughs> one of them must have been on tape. <laughs> I think it was this one. I'll be honest with you. I think it was this. One. It was like behind the scenes of movies and stuff like yes. that. They showed you how effects were done and that. Yeah, it it was it was about filmmaking and television. So I remember watching it religiously because once there was a behind the scenes of Babylon Five feature, and it was before well, the Babylon Five's yeah. a big pile of shit. No, it isn't. It's good. Thanks very much. So this one had. Uh, how they do the news with Penny Smith from GMTV. It had behind the scenes of Bugs, your favourite. Of course it did. This is Craig McLaughlin, who plays the character Ed. Now, Ed's a bit of an action man. Do you see yourself as an action man? What do you think? <laughs> yes. Do you do a lot of the, your own stunts for it, then? I do them all. <laughs> I lie! No, I don't. And it was all, it was paired up with uh, It's Not Just Saturday, so they had two shows on the go at the same time. Uh, it's Not oh. Just Saturday was, was presented by Gaz Top, not Gareth oh, Jones yeah. like he wants you to call him. Gaz Top, that's yeah. his name. And yeah. um, Danny Minogue. So like the first one was more like a kiddie show and the second one was more like teens. Yeah. Um, inexplicably, one episode of It's Not Just Saturday just didn't air and was replaced with an episode of Sequest DSV. <laughs> Not really sure why. Uh, It was like just over an hour to start with, and it got cut down to thirty-five minutes after um, after four episodes. Would you like to know what they put on in the other half, Ben? I assume just the sound of bees. That's Uh, that's that's right, Ben. Uh, A repeat run of spats. Oh God! Was that even still going at that point? I don't think so. really dug that one out. I do not think so. Uh, It's just as it ran until 1992. So there we go. Wow, so they really dug that one out then. (laughs) Christ. Who wins there then? Um, I think you do. I think I win purely for a run with us. Yes, yes, that alone would do. <laughs> the would, there's going to be a lot of theme song related victory, it seems, in this. I'll, I'll have it. So you have to win this next one. Okay. And it's the last one, which is April 20th, 2002. Okay, so when I say the name of the show, you're going to think you that I've won it. But then I have right. to explain to you why I haven't won it. Oh, God. <laughs> so <laughs> April 20th, 2002 was SMTV. Yay! No, incorrect. Oh. Because uh Oh yeah. Ant and Deck were gone by then. Ant and Deck were gone and Cat Daly left two weeks before this. So oh. this is this is Tess Daly, Brian Dowling, and H and Claire from Steps. God, yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of perfectly competent presenters in there, but but nothing approaching 
personality out of any of them. You haven't heard mine yet. Okay. It's not great. Go on then. So over on BBC One, they had the Saturday show. Danny Bear and Joe Mace. You know, the natural double act we're still talking about to this day. Danny Bear in 2002. Hey, I don't make the rules. And and Joe, Joe Mace, who was perfectly fine, just amiable sort of guy. But, I mean, he's uh, he's very 2002, whereas Danny, Danny oh, Bear yeah. is quite 1995, I think it's fair to well, say. She was definitely out of her place on a kid's yeah. Saturday morning show, and I think... That's why I don't think this uh, lineup lasted longer than a year. I think it was it was trying to be hip. Yeah. You know what? I I I think that the best way to solve this is set fire to it and run. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> run. <laughs> Continues with our next item, and uh, you'll be pleased to know it's all about your favourite comedy program, Community. Only Fools and Horses, correct? Oh. As a 1961 old Roderney Plonkers himself, Nicholas Lindhurst was born, and uh, as we all know, he he played some of the wackiest named characters uh, on the Rodney Trotter. Can you imagine being called Rodney Trotter? Yes. Gary Sparrow. Yes, I can also uh, imagine that. Ian Piglet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two of Usington. Uh, we, uh, he, he played all the characters. Uh, and we seen them. We did see but, them. But... All the Fools and Horses went on for so long, and it's a rich world of characters that John Sullivan created. Oh, God. Uh, we all remember them. Are they following real Only Fools and Horses characters that appeared in an episode? Oh, no. Or not? Oh, no. So I'm going to give you ten names. Yeah. And you have to tell me if they're real or fake. Okay. Only Fools and Horses characters. So number one, keep it nice and easy. Knock, knock. Who's there? No, no, no. It's knock, knock. Oh, is that a real one? I don't really know many Only Fools and Horses characters. Oh, man. Yeah, of course he's from He Ain't Heavy, He's My Uncle. Oh, okay. And when Albert says he's been mugged, and he's had a fight with Knock Knock. Right, okay. Number two, yeah. Jimmy the Jew. I really hope not. <laughs> and yet you slightly believe he could be. Yeah, I definitely do believe it. <laughs> Thankfully, that's fake. Okay. That is fake. Number three, Dirty Barry. <laughs> I want it to be real, but I don't think it is. It is real. It's cats played by Walter Sparrow in Danger UXD, the oh. one with the inflatable dolls. Oh, that would make sense, yeah. I mean, the one the scene where you came and it's like, Albert, get off that! <laughs> I'm going to have to sell this one as a discount. It's been soiled. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in the dole no sorry number four. Oh god I can't understand why more people don't listen to this podcast <laughs> number four mental Mickey Maguire uh, real he is real he's played by Daniel Peacock ah. uh, in It's Only Rock and Roll the one where Rodney has a band number five Fiddling Frank no fake it is fake, I'm afraid. But all the adventures <laughs> that could be. That is still available, BBC, if you're listening. <laughs> Three quid, yeah. Three quid. Six. 
Wallace the butler. Real. That is real. It's Donald Bissett in a touch of glass. You know which one that is, don't you? The terrible one. No, it's the uh, chandelier. Oh, okay. No, I was I was thinking of the well, no, where Rodney gets the uh, the girlfriend who's much higher. Oh, a royal flush. And, no, that is terrible. That yeah. is yeah. You absolutely you are quite right. You and Dell is just the worst human being in the world. Yeah, no, that is fair. He is a cock in that. <laughs> uh, number seven, the Peckham Pouncer. Real. It's fake. Oh. Dell invents it to tease Rodney. Eight, Mickey Pierce. He's real. Dwilbus. No. Sorry, you needed to listen to the full name. <laughs> oh. Nicky Pierce Dwilbus. Fake. <laughs> because. Sorry, I have to take your first answer. Yeah, fine. But to be fair, you know you're the only person in the world that uses the word Wilbus, right? You know that. <laughs> Catch on, not you. It worry. won't. <laughs> Number nine. Yorkle. Scenes deleted. <laughs> Real. Amazingly, yes, it's Michael <laughs> Bilton in Friday the 14th. Uh, number 10 in this only Fools and Horses quiz mm-hmm. Inspector, a touch of frost. <laughs> real. Oh, it is real. Well done. He was there. He played Derek Boy. <laughs> <laughs> we all seen him on the box. Yeah. With his moustache. Fancy cloth. If you were stranded on a desert island or at the bottom of the ocean or on the M25 in a traffic jam, what would be your luxury item of food? What is your favourite food? Thank you if you have suggested something. Here are the, some that have come in. Thomas Herbert, who's 10 from Sussex, says curried olives. Well, that'll annoy Popeye. Ba-boom. And the laughter continues in our <laughs> final chart. Does it? Well, so continues, <laughs> begins... Peter's out quickly. I don't know whichever. 1969. We all know it, obviously, because we've all prepared his own celebrations. The English children's TV personality, Chris Jarvis. When we were growing up, Chris Jarvis just appeared as we were starting to not watch CBBC. Pretty much, much. yeah, that's fair. Uh, But he was around for a long time, and I remember him being there. And now he's like the face of CBeebies still, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's one the, of the main... I mean, he was like men. one of the first people on CBeebies when they launched it, wasn't he? With Yeah, he, he's been a, a kid's favourite for ages. But when we think of Chris Jarvis, <laughs> we think of a very specific thing about Chris Jarvis, which is, I bought my friend Daryl uh, a copy of Chris Jarvis's single, Glasses, that he released in 1997, which turned out to be a comic relief charity single. Unfortunately, I bought it in 2005, uh, where there were many copies available (laughs) (laughs) for not very much money at all. Yeah. That got me thinking, did Glasses actually lose money for comic relief? Oh, she'll have to go. Look, come on, there are loads of good-looking guys with glasses. What about Trevor McDonald, Chris Evans, Ronnie Corbett, Rolf Harris, Lloyd Grossman, Michael Caine? Not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people know that. Even Superman wears glasses when he's not working. So, we thought we'd put together our own top ten of charity singles that probably cost the charity more money than it was worth in the first place. (laughs) So, at 10. At 10 was glasses. Um, so, that is covered, that is safe. I'm still really just confused as to why Comic Relief released two singles. I don't think they had any idea. <laughs> <laughs> I 
really don't. So we'll move on to number nine. Number nine is Wishing Well by Gosh. This is another one with a children's BBC uh, link, actually. It obviously, Gosh stands for Great Ormond Street Hospital. It does. Uh, a very good charity cause and stuff, but this Wishing Well was kind of the arse end of the 80s where everyone and their dog had done a charity single, hadn't they? Yep. I mean, who are some of the people on here? So, so lead vocals was Boy George, Dollar, Grace Kennedy, Hazel O'Connor, Noddy Holder and Peter Cox. That was your lead vocals. There were celebrity guests brought in as well, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie Langford and Sylvester McCoy. Keep that <laughs> yeah. in mind. Yep. Jimmy Nail, Shawaddy Waddy, one person out of the suite, <laughs> people from Grange Hill, Karen Keating uh, and Roland Rat. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, it's not a great song. But, you know, a great cause. Yeah, I think I think it's worth pointing out at this juncture. We're not making fun of charity. It's just these some of these songs are just baffling. Yeah, okay, number eight. Number eight, Band-Aid 30. A Band-Aid E30 Ola. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is on the list because everyone forgets this one actually happened, I think. Yeah, everyone seems to have an opinion on which is the worst, and everyone says Band-Aid 20, which, of course, is based around the darkness, Yeah, pretty much. Band-Aid 30, yeah, of course, came out, so that'll be 2014. It was indeed. It uh, was in the chart for how long? It was six weeks, which is not... That, that's... It's not good. That's so it got to number one, and then immediately... Fell out of the chart. <laughs> tonight, thank God it's them instead of you is replaced with, well, tonight we're reaching out and touching you, which given the song is about a really transmittable disease, maybe not not that. Yep. Maybe don't do that. Not touching. Number seven. Number seven. Right. This one's baffling. Voices That Care. This was a 1991 song intended to boost the morale of US troops involved in Operation Desert Storm. Thank you for your service, <laughs> That's why we're all here and singing along. Would you like to know who the lead vocalists were on this track? So, it's 1991, you Yes. Said. Peter Cetera. <laughs> what? Bobby Brown, Luther Vandross, Garth Brooks, Michael Bolton, oh. Will mm. Smith, and there's a guitar solo from Mark Knopfler and a saxophone oh. solo from Kenny G. Ah! Now, the this best... is a Frankenstein of shit. <laughs> Really is the the best thing about this one is that there is a there's a choir on the song and Wikipedia has a list of people who are in that choir and some of them I don't think are actually in that choir some of them <laughs> I think are surreptitious uh, Wikipedia edits that have somehow gone by the wayside I can't understand why someone's not vehemently checking the voices <laughs> that care Wikipedia page with alacrity so so. so Ones that sort of make sense on on the the choir front are Paul Anker, he's a singer, Um, David Cassidy, uh, Mickey Dolenz, um, Gary Busey. We get into the ones that are, mm, surely someone's making this one up. So Fred Dynage was probably not involved (laughs) in this at all. Um, The man from How To. Yeah, exactly. And then you get to Jack Smithers. (laughs) 
what the blood from love my neighbor. That's the one. Now I don't think <laughs> I don't think Jack Smithers was involved in this no, at all. No, I'm very sure. <laughs> I'm very sorry, wasn't And neither was Roger Whittaker or Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't think either of them. Uh, no, Jean-Claude Van Damme definitely would have been. You know he would have been. <laughs> Number six. Uh, what's going on 2001? Not the four non-blondes. Are, are we asking song. 2001 what's going on? <laughs> I mean, kind of. I, I remember a few things that were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is sort of related to one of those things that went on in 2001. Um, it's credited to the All-Star Tribute, and we'll go into some of the people that were involved. It was originally going to be uh, Artists Against AIDS Worldwide. and it I'm was... glad they've come out against it, finally. Yeah. Finally they've got, got off the fence. So they, they recorded it uh, between the 5th and the 7th of September 2001. Uh, oh. Yeah, and then when they actually oh. sort of, when it actually came out, it didn't come out until, you know, after September the 11th, as you can imagine and part of the proceeds yeah. went, went towards the uh the united way campaign for september the 11th i have no memory of this here in the uk it got to number six in america it only got to 18 i think they were busy i think they got some other stuff going on oh people didn't really want to listen to maudlin re-recordings of all the crimes committed on that day denying this song its rightful chart position was the greatest Number five. Uh, Better Believe It by Sid Owen and Patsy Palmer. So Ricky and Bianca from EastEnders. Yep, so this was 1995 Children in Need single. This one, Ben, is notable because we can't find anything other than physical copies of it. There is no sign of a video anywhere, nothing on YouTube, there's not an MP3 of it anywhere. We know it exists, but there's no way to know what it sounds like without spending money on it. And I'm not giving money I, I, to Sid Owen. I mean, I assume it didn't chart very highly because I recall a few years later Sid Owen brought out a, a cover of uh, "Good Thing Going," which got like 14 or something. Yeah, which again it was respectable, but also why? <laughs> why? So it was in the chart for one week. It's Num- been. It was in at number 60. You think someone's stocked up going these on me? <laughs> this is my retirement fund. <laughs> God, I hope so. I hope there's someone sat there with a back bedroom just full of boxes of better believe it. <laughs> Leaking them out slowly <laughs> on the dark web. <laughs> I think slow leakage is the best way to describe Sid Owen's musical career. Four? Number four, the Walmart Associate Choir with Eyes of a Child. For the Children's Miracle Network. That sounds like a channel I don't want to watch. <laughs> Walmart put together a choir of people. Yep. It was formed in uh, 1995 as an informal group of people who love music and loved Walmart, which is a terrifying concept. So so there's there's 134 people in the choir these days across 32 different states. So this this whole album, someone's uploaded it to YouTube, and they're quite good, to be fair. It's just baffling that they exist. <laughs> There's nothing I can answer that. I cannot imagine the admin involved in trying to do anything with that choir. <laughs> three. Number three is Spirit of the Forest. God, this automatically sounds awful. <laughs> so this was a 1989 uh, Richard Branson and the Earth Love Fund Rainforest Appeal. Right, so once again, someone who could just pay for this stuff yeah. out of his own back pocket, out of his loose change. So what's confusing with this one is how many people are in this thing and yet 
Again, I'd never heard of this one at all. No, I have no idea what this is. So you've got Thomas Dolby, Belinda Carlisle, Olivia Newton-John, Peter Bogdanovich, okay, um, (laughs) Dave Gilmore, Kate Bush, Ringo Starr, Kim Wilde, Donna Summer, Iggy Pop... Uh, LL Cool J in 1989, The Ramones, Debbie Harry, uh, Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz, Andy McDowell was involved in I'm presuming most of these people must have been signed to Virgin at the time. I mean, I guess they must have been, but I mean, that that is a hell of a lineup for something that has disappeared entirely into the ether. Did this chart? I have no memory of this at all. It peaked in 17th of June 1989 at number 86. Oh... What was it for? Uh, rainforest type stuff. Just rainforest. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it just sounded like something from a natural advert. Number two. <laughs> Doctor in Distress. Bring it back so I can mess. This is, this is on here because it is genuinely the most pointless charity single that has ever been released ever. Bring back <laughs> the TV show that is coming back. There was this period where Michael Gray took over as controller BBC One, looked at the ratings of Doctor Who with uh, Colin Baker and was just like, this is piss poor. This this needs to have a little break. And also, we're trying to fund loads of stuff like daytime TV and all of these projects that needed to happen. They need to find a budget from somewhere. So they said, let's have 18 months off, you know, between series and... Uh, Fans were not happy, but there's always one who's louder than all the other ones. Yeah. Louder and fatter. And it's always the same one, yeah. <laughs> and he put together this charity single featuring what can all be described as available <laughs> people. So obviously there's a lot of people from Doctor Who on it, including the current Doctor and uh, Companion. Yes. Uh, the music was played by Hans Zimmer of... Film fame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He doesn't do that one in his concerts, amazingly. He doesn't do Going for Gold theme either, though. So, you know, so it was, again, according to Wikipedia, it was rumoured that the recording session would include the village people, Elton John and Holly Johnson. Now, it, it did. didn't. It, it, did. it didn't. <laughs> it didn't at all. Uh, who you, you did get, Faith Brown, <laughs> Hazel Dean... One person out of Hot Gossip, one person out of Bucks Fizz, David Van Day from Dollar, not all of Dollar, just David Van Day. <laughs> just the words. And random members from Matt Bianco, The Moody Blues, Tight Fit, and Time UK. So. <laughs> I just. Bad. <laughs> just. Just. Bad. And again, it's a charity record for something which is like, bring back Doctor Who, it's coming back. <laughs> It'll be on in a year. Shut up. Can we get half of Tight Fit? Not even all of it. Can we get half? Just half. Can we get fit, though? I don't want tight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also it's also not a good song. It really isn't. No, it's a bad song. <laughs> it is. And number one, the most baffling charity single of all time is... 
Well, this is weird. Well, I'm glad you brought it up, actually. I, I'm using this to launch my own charity single. Uh, it's right. under the It's under the name People Involved Sediment Soiling. <laughs> and what charity is this for? This is for people who have been affected when they've tried to have a little wee in a graveyard during a funeral. Right. And there's been some sort of incident, and I'm not saying this has happened to anyone specific. Do you have a a rough estimate of the number of people affected by this problem, Ben? At at current count, one, One. admittedly. Is it you, Ben? And uh, we're looking to raise £220. (laughs) And for someone, a handsome fella with no hair and glasses and a beard, to do some hours of community service. <laughs> and yes, as this happened in a graveyard, I will be covering Monster Mash. <laughs> yeah, that seems perfectly reasonable and sane. I'm off for an outdoor wee, so until next time. Bye. Bye. Slip slew time for a piss. It's the Rosses Leggy! <sighs> oh, I was doing a while late one night when my eyes beheld a rotten side. The coppers came and they started to fight. I wasn't even doing a shite. He did a piss! He did a monster piss. He did a piss. It was barely a slack. A bit of piss. I did 